Hi everyone and welcome to episode 115 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Yay! Yay! Hi. Hi. <laughs> we can't really ask each other how things are going because we know how things are going. Yeah, like I can yeah. stare into your soul. No, that's well, a nice. Yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. No. Um, yeah, so we're back after our Final Fantasy Explorers episode and we've got a ton of stuff to talk about because there's a lot of stuff that happened just before that episode yep. that we didn't talk about last episode. Nope. So we've got quite a few segments. But the first one's actually going to be to talk about a fan gathering we're putting on. It's the second fan gathering after our one in September. Lauren's making funny faces. <laughs> <on her. laughs> Don't do that. Sorry. Um, then we're going to go through the news that we missed out. And then we've got a discussion topic, mm. which relates to Final Fantasy 15 and what we think is good and, and what bad. we think is bad. Yeah. And then we've got some questions before we round out the episode. Yay. Yeah. Yay, questions. So if you're new to the show, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union, and it comes on the iTunes store, finalfantasyunion.com, and youtube.com forward slash ffunionvids. Also, if you guys are wondering why I'm so hyper, it's because I just had coffee. A lot of it. Not a lot of it, a cup. That's a lot for you. I know. Um, I'm lightweight. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> If you're interested in supporting the show, we do have a Patreon account. It's forward slash FFKHUnion. Feel free to head over there and see what we're offering for the different pledge levels. We've actually got quite a lot of people that are pledging now. And we just had our first monthly giveaway and we've reached out to the person who won. So if you got that message, get back to us so we can send you your wonderful prize. Yes, please. And now we're going to do a shout out for anyone who has pledged over $2.50 per episode. For you, we are eternally grateful. But even if you only want to pledge a dollar, you still get entry into the monthly giveaway. So there's plenty of stuff to latch onto with that tier. We also have the exclusive Patreon show. Mm, PBE, be, yes. be excited. But yes, it's time for shout outs, Lawrence. Do you want to go first or second this time? Uh, I'll go first. I'll, uh, I'll do hardcore, you know. Um, so the first one is Tiger Crane, who's at Palpoo Milkshake. Then we have Christian Burge. Then we have William Trengrove, who is Varnus the Azure. Then we have Erwin Velez. Then we have Barry Norton, who is Nortron Zero. Then we've got Michael Graham. Then we have Zach Duranto, who is Zed Duranto 58. Then we have Chris Vallant, who's at Moosehead Studio. Then we have Harley Crawley, who is at Dark ZT Okami. Then we've got Thorin Bullen. Then Alex Troutman, who is Akira Namjin. Then we've got Manning Franks, who's at like underscore Peyton. Keith Field, the mighty Keith. The mighty Keith. <laughs> then we've got Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson. Then Mike Shirley Donnelly, who is actually Curious Quail instead of Curious... Uh, curious, curious Quail. quail. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and we've got a new person on this tier for this episode who is Johnny Oja, who is at Diacore for Life. Yay. Yay. Yay, Patreon supporters. Thank you, Thank everyone. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much. All right. So we're going to move on to talk about the fan gathering. Ooh. So we put on a fan gathering last September. We had about 77 people turn up for it. and Everyone had an absolute blast. We had pub quizzes. We had triple triad. We had Final Fantasy IX jump rope challenge. Mm -hmm. We had... Q&As. Q&As. Yeah, we did have we Q&As with raffle. some vendors. We had a raffle. We had badges. We had a theatrical tournament. Yeah, we had a lot of stuff. Tons of stuff to it keep going. It was so much fun. We're, we're putting on a new one. It's going to be taking place on the 19th of March in London. Mm -hmm. So if you're a UK-based community member, please do think about coming along. We, we're really interested and excited to meet everyone. Yes. Um, it's going to be much... We're planning for it to be much bigger this time. We've got four times the space. And our big announcement is that Bryce Hitchcock, who plays Deuce in Type Zero, is actually coming over to attend the event too. Uh, she's really interested to meet all the fans and she's going to be signing things if you want to come along and meet her. Um, we're also going to be having a physical Triple Triad tournament, which may or may not be the first one that's ever taken place in the world. So if you think you're a Triple Triad buff and uh, you want to see how that translates into playing with physical cards, <laughs> feel free to come along and uh, test yourself out against some other people. Yeah, it actually is quite um, daunting when you do it in person. It's it's <laughs> strange. I mean, granted, we don't. Um, it's all about the luck of the cards, isn't it? Because I mean, really, we um, were using. You were you were unbeatable. I know. I kept getting really good cards because, like, I got. Um, no, it's because you're I an amazing strategist, people. Lauren. Nah, I just got really good cards. I got like Keystus and everything. 
or Quistus, whichever. Um, yeah, then we also have some Smash Bros. We're going to have a cloud-only Smash Bros. tournament, which is going to be a lot of um, omni-slashes. A lot of omni-slashes. Um, and then we have a pop quiz, another one. And we have a cosplay competition. It's going to be another raffle. Uh, so far, the thing that we've announced is going to be the raffle is the really rare... Suzaku pin from Type Zero HD. Yeah, it's it's really really cool. So you can be like Ace and all the rest of the Type Zero guys. Yep. And then we've also got more challenges. So last time we had the jump rope challenge. This time, this th- I think we're doing three challenges, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a team based challenge. So you've got to join up with two other people to take part in a collective challenge. Yes, and it can be any mini game from any game. Yeah, we're not going to announce until the day, so you can't practice. No. Yeah, no. No, you have to be fresh. You just have to practice all of them. However, I would say... <laughs> practice all of them at once. I would say that um, we were looking back at all the different mini games from all the different games uh, um, over the last couple of days to try to figure out which ones we wanted to pick. There's not actually that many mini games. I don't know where this whole thing about Final Fantasy mini games has come from. I guess it's just because it's been recent that they've it's, had them. Final Fantasy VII had about 60 mini games, yeah. which is why they're having all this trouble. Yeah. But the other games haven't really had any at all. Well, like 9 has them, doesn't it? And 8 Nine's kind got a of has eight Triple has, Triad. Yeah, Triple Triad. Um, then I guess there's... Well, you can consider the whole thing in space with 8 as a mini game, trying to catch Renoa. I guess. Because you can't let her die. Um, and then like... Ten had a had the ones for the ten had a couple. Yeah, uh, twelve basically had none. There was a running game which yeah. uh, I looked up. I don't even remember, remember that much being in thirteen. No, thirteen didn't really have anything. Which is a shame because that like area where you go with um, Vanille and Zaz, that would have been so much fun to be yeah. able to like go around and play games. Yeah, um, they had a couple in thirteen too, but yeah, you so, know, take out everything that's fun. I wonder if there will be any in fifteen. Uh, I hope they, there will. They be. have to come on. Either that or they're just going to replace it with quests now. It's true. But yeah, if you are interested in meeting a lot of UK-based fans and you yes. want to meet us, uh, we're teaming up with the Final Fantasy UK fans community on Facebook and uh, we're hoping to have hundreds of you guys there. Hundreds! Yes, hundreds! We need to. We need to, you guys to come on mass. So if you're interested in finding out more information, uh, please feel free to check out the website, our Twitter or our Facebook account. Um, and yeah, if you've got any questions, just let us know. Yes. All right, so we're going to head on to some news. We're going to yeah, try and keep news. this semi-brief because the second part of the news is going to go on to our main discussion. Yeah. Um, so I guess the first piece of news is that Final Fantasy IX is now available, but only on mobile devices. Yes, which is terrible because I have like zero space on my phone and it's like four gigabytes for It's a huge game. Nine. It's super expensive on phones as well. It's yeah, like 20 pounds or something, it's isn't it? Like, yeah, it's, it's currently on offer, I think. I forget when it goes off on offer. I think it's at the end of the month, but it's on offer for 20% less. So it's like seventeen ninety nine, or maybe sixteen ninety nine. But that's still like ridiculously expensive, for, especially for an old game as well. I think the Android version as well, and I may be wrong, but I... I'm sure I saw that they were having memory issues. Like oh, really? the game was too intense for some Android phones. So I think it would probably even be too intense for my phone. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. But um, yeah, they haven't announced when the Steam version is going to be releasing yet. Hopefully, it's going to be soon. Um, but yeah, so that's yeah, that's that's I mean, where they we're did at with say Final Fantasy early 2016 on Steam. So I guess as long as it's still early 2016, I, I just, don't know. I don't know why they released them at different times. I don't know either. Maybe they're just trying Maybe to Maybe they're the hoping hype. that some people will buy it on the iPhone and then... And then buy it again yeah. on Steam. Yeah, possibly. They're waiting for everybody to platinum it on iPhones. Or the first person to platinum it on I don't think you can. It's game center, right? Maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, all right. So... Either way. Also on mobile-related news, um, the Portal app, if you've downloaded the Portal app, last year when they released it, they had Final Fantasy 1 available for free. For a month, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, to celebrate the anniversary of the Portal app, they've now made Final Fantasy 2 free. Yay! For two. a month. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've never played Final Fantasy 2 and you want to check it out, just download the Portal app and you can get Final Fantasy 2 for free. Mm. And you can relive the magic. I've been playing the Final Fantasy 1 version, even though I got it a year ago. I've only just started. And it's it's a mobile game. I, yeah. The movement annoys me. Um, but the glitches have annoyed you, get used you as well. To it a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I don't know how I'd feel about it. 
I mean, granted, it is free though, but I just have no space on my phone. I have about eight gigabytes worth of space, and most of that is taken up by baby pictures and baby videos. It's and more I like important to keep it that way. It's it more is more important. important. Yep. All right. Third piece of news. Third piece of news. Uh, World of Final Fantasy. They've announced Keystus joining. It's a bit weird. I um. But isn't any more weird so than random. the person from Crystal Chronicles? No, I guess not. But it's just it just because she hasn't been in any other game. But there again, they haven't really done anything with Renoa. Like she hasn't really been in any of their titles. She's or anything. in Dissidia. Is she? I believe so. The second one. Oh, maybe she is. I'm not sure, but like she. I always thought that thing. she would be in it. I think she might have been an ultimate uh, a costume for Ultima Sea or something. Oh, uh, possibly. But I would have thought that she would have been um. She would have been in um, World of Final Fantasy over Keystus. Well, I'm sure they're going to announce more characters. Yeah, maybe uh, they're just looking for the sass between Squall and Keystus. I think it's good because it seems as though World of Final Fantasy, it's not just going to be like Final Fantasy Explorers, they just cherry-picked all the main characters from each mm. game and just shoved them all in there for nostalgic value. With World of Final Fantasy, it seems as though they're actually trying to encompass the world of Final Fantasy. Yeah. And while there are some big-name characters that have obviously been pulled in, the fact that they've included like a random character, well, random in my opinion, yeah. from Crystal Chronicles. I think Princess Sarah's in it from the original Final Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, and now we've, yeah, we've got uh, Quistis. I think um, Faris is in it too, right? Possibly, yeah. Um, so they're kind of pulling slightly less main maybe characters in. Maybe uh, they'll finally put Locke in, in as well. No. No? Locke? You don't think so? Depending on how many characters they have per game, Final Fantasy VI has got like 16. <laughs> I know, but like everybody, a lot of people have been pulling for Locke to be in a game. But why isn't Sabin going to be in there? What about Edgar? Come on, Shadow. Because uh, Locke is cool. He's a freaking pirate thief guy, whatever. He's awesome looking. He is awesome looking. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting that they're, they're trying to pick some cast members that perhaps aren't that top tier of popularity and give them a bit more of a... I mean, it's good, isn't it? If it's an entry-level entry game and they're trying to introduce it to other people, it doesn't make sense that they're just constantly heroing the same characters over and over no, and over again. which is why I was happy with Dissidia Final Fantasy um, putting in Ramza as well, which is like, you know, they are branching out a I bit. I mean, just the fact that people have probably been happier about that announcement than any of the fact that they're bringing the old characters back. Yeah. Like, I've never... I mean... Great. Uh, when they were doing the character trailers, uh, people were excited about the different movesets and stuff. But yeah. I don't think anyone was excited about the fact that they announced that Farm was coming back. No, because we've already like seen it, yeah. haven't we? And like, I mean, Shantoto got a bit of excitement because technically she wasn't a main character in the first game. She was kind of a secret character. Um, but yeah, many of the other ones we pretty much knew. There's nothing interesting about that. No, the only one that was a bit a bit cooler was um the fact that yashtola was going to be in it as well yeah. of the main cast because um yeah because she was new wasn't she yeah 14 and that's why you know slight segue but i think many people were disappointed with the final fantasy arcade because it was just super safe like they have yeah. they just announced the same original cast members they had in the original game plus yashtola and yeah rams is not in yet but he will be in soon He's, I think he is in now. Is he? Yeah, he was in on February 4th, I believe. All right, Ramza's in They should in be now. there. Who, they haven't announced who's going to be next, have they? No. No, they only have talked about Ramza. But hopefully they will soon. They'll probably give him a bit of breathing space so that people can Well, every time, they, every time they do an update, they're adding a new character or something, isn't it? Possibly. So I think they're trying to add in at least one a month, I'd have thought. Possibly. They haven't teased anybody yet. No. But right. either way, it does sound fun. Well, um, the other thing that actually relates to that, since we're talking about Final Fantasy Arcade, we segue to it, is that they announced a new theatrical game. Yes, they did. It's uh, called All Star Circus. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Um, I guess, I don't know. Is it All Star Arcade? It's something around those lines. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's going to be Japanese only at the moment. It's going to be another arcade game. Um, so, I mean, it's interesting that Square All Star Ex- Carnival. All Star Carnival. Circus, come on. All Star Carnival. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be along those lines. And yeah, it's interesting that Square Enix are going more into the, the arcades again. Yeah. Um, they're uh, Maybe they're just really trying to push because um, where is... I, I don't. Ha- I have no clue where the arcade is that um, has Dissidia in it. Is it anywhere near Ar- Artnia? I would have thought they would have chosen one that was near there. But either way, they obviously... Well, I think they said in their report, didn't they, that they were focusing more on arcade titles. Yeah. Um. 
I don't know if that's also because arcades have kind of uh, diminished a bit in Japan as well. Um, there's a lot of um, trouble in, in Japan because arcades are starting to um, tail, off a bit. tail off a bit, sort of like how it is in the West. And I don't know if maybe that's part of Square Enix's aim is to try to get pe- more people back in the arcades again. Or the people that are going in focus on our games instead. Because it's, yeah. it's rare that it's like something like this, I mean, Dissidia, that when they announced they was getting arcades, that was a bit of a shock. Yeah. Uh, and obviously now Theatrhythm makes a bit less sense, I'd say. But yeah, it's interesting. At the same time, it's a rhythm game, isn't it? People love rhythm games. I do. I always hit the uh, Dance Dance Revolution, you know? Well, okay. So our last piece of news uh, goes on to our main topic, and that is related to Final Fantasy Fifteen. Yay! We had the January active time report right at the end of January. Yeah. Uh, and they announced quite a few different things. The first was that the the release date event <laughs> is going to be on the thirtieth of March, and it's going to be a US exclusive event. So if you're not a US resident, you're not able to apply for a ticket. It's going to be in LA, so I mean, even if you're on the East Coast, it's going to be a bit of a trek for you to get over to. But I think they're planning for about six thousand people. Yeah, six thousand, and uh, it's free to attend. So you just got to go on the website and apply at the right time. Yeah, and um, hopefully you you get in. Yeah, um, but yeah, hint hint, our our event is not exclusive to um to the UK. Hey, yeah, if you want to come hint, from Europe, hint. head over. Yeah, coming over. Um, anyways, that was, um, uh, plug, you know, uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting that they're doing, uh, US only, um. Well, I mean, it's their biggest market now, isn't it? They sell more Final Fantasy games in the US than any other single country. But it's just like, if somebody wants to fly all the way over from Europe to go to the Uncovered event, like, why should, well, we think it's to do with the prizes. Yeah, so they're probably going to be doing giveaways and stuff. Yeah, so that they'll have to send stuff to their address and that kind of thing, which makes sense. But at the same time, it's a bit like, "Mm, that's a shame. Either way, though, it should be a cool event. It sounds exciting. Yeah, I We're mean, just going to get a stream. The only thing that's slightly annoying for me and probably a lot of other Europeans is that because it's West Coast, it's on in L.A., the live stream is going to take place at like a ridiculous time in the morning. So most of us aren't even, I mean, some people are obviously going to stay up for it. Yeah. But most people aren't going to be able to do that. They're going to, and it's on a Wednesday. Yeah. It's in the middle of the week. Like if at least if it was on a Friday or a Saturday, then people would have been okay staying up. Yeah. Because they'd have a couple of days to sleep it off. Yeah. But it's on a Wednesday. I know. I'm probably going to be up because Ali always chooses to feed then yeah i mean so, i guess the last active time report was at that time as well wasn't yeah it? and so. I, I thankfully woke up for that but um but yeah no and i i find it a bit i mean i i find it a bit random but i also don't find it a bit random that uh kind of funny games are hosting it yeah it just seems like they're not i mean i understand why because they are huge they're they're humongous in terms of it's um, a good popularity. association for them. And it's a good association. They're pro uh, PlayStation, which Square Enix, even though they make Xbox games, they're they're pro PlayStation. They pretty much are now. They've, yeah. They're moving away from the Xbox. So. Um, but either way, uh, they're, they're, pers- they're probably the biggest um, personalities in video games at the moment. But the thing that sucks about it is that they aren't very JRPG friendly um i think there's only one of them that is actually likes jrpgs the other one doesn't really like jrpgs at all um and so it's a bit of a shame but at the same time like uh you think about hosts for um yeah, they the oscars know what they're and doing. stuff it's just like you know <laughs> they're just someone who's paid to show up and exactly, make it entertaining exactly so they'll make it entertaining i'm i'm pretty sure of it it's just whether or not they do raunchy jokes or not i don't know i'm sure that they'll be given <laughs> they'll more be strict given guidelines than ricky gervais <laughs> yeah they won't um, they will be able to ricky gervais it all Oops. right so alongside the exit time report they released a, a pretty big gameplay trailer yeah uh, it showed off some different elements such as the new stealth which they showed made, off metal yeah, gear everyone just it looked like metal gear i mean it did come on it did um they had the mechs they had the sneaking they had a box break <laughs> it was metal gear um so yeah but alongside that they showed off some of the more active or the more action-based rpg uh stuff and the more action-based rpg stuff the more ac- the, the gameplay is more action yeah. rpg style now um and it was interesting because they showed a lot of combos a lot of how you can uh, link the moves together um I'm curious to see how that plays out when it's not a supervised demo. 
Yeah, exactly. Because it looks very fast and fluid and amazing when the enemies are in the right places at the right times and you can do the right moves and you've got the right setup. How does it work when Joe Bloggs is doing it? Yeah, because it's um it's this fourth combo thing where you can utilize um the members of your party. The coolest one I th- the one that always like sort of stuck out to me was when um Ignis throws a warp point on one of the um on one of the enemies and so Noctis can just jump to it. I thought that was so cool. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's very interesting. It's like um it's like a mixture of Metal Gear and like Assassin's Creed because he's just like uh Noctis is just jumping around insta killing people. I mean a lot of people are saying it's very Kingdom Hearts now. Yeah. I suppose. I mean it's it's not as it's not as camp, I guess, as Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> it's not as camp. It's more it's more um adult than Kingdom Hearts. Well yeah. But um but yeah, I um, it it definitely looks interesting, and the fire um, the fire mechanic looks awesome. Yeah, they finally showed off the magic, and it makes sense why they've been holding off on it a little yeah. bit because it's not going to necessarily be a spell anymore. It's more item that you can kind of pick up, and then they are massive. Like they showed off a fire spell, and it probably killed about 10 20 people yeah. it took up most of the screen it's absolutely huge and reacts to the weather and that kind yeah of thing. so i mean like if you do a massive fire spell out in the open it's going to burn all the grass mm-hmm. they throw they showed a lightning spell as well and um more thunder spell and it just shocked everybody in the sort of radius and it just looks so cool but I can definitely see why they wouldn't it, it would have been so glitchy if they had released it prematurely with episode dust yeah it would have been like everybody would have just been like, oh, this is awful and that kind of stuff. So I can definitely understand why. But it does look awesome. It so looks so much fun. In addition to showing off all the gameplay and the magic and stuff, they also detailed a bit more of the villains that we're going to be seeing. I think they were supposed to do this like at some point last yeah. year. And they just <laughs> forgot all Whoops. about it. So we've now known that I think Idola, he was previously called Idola. He's now renamed to Idolus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've now got names for the guy who wore the hat with the red hair. He's called Arden. And um, Lauren's guy who she basically can't... You, it's very hard to see his face because he's, he's oh, basically yeah, just a Oh, yeah, it is really hard. He looks like a judge from Final Fantasy Yeah, uh, that's what everybody's comparing called, him to. He's called Glauca. Mm. Yeah, you like, can't tell Glauca. where his face is. Glauca. Yeah, he's going to be intense. But the coolest thing that they announced was that the dragoon, the lady dragoon, whose name is um, Arania... Uh, high wind so it's even an ode to previous yeah. games it's, and she, and she cool, just looks so cool she had a cool introduction so she came at the end of the trailer uh it's kind of like doing a bit of a sneak attack on noctis it's one of those things yeah. where they just clash swords and they just stare at each other yep and then the trailer ended um so yeah she's been given a bit of a limelight there and i really hope that means that she isn't just a throwaway character same we kind of discussed on ff chat how there are parallels to jill from yeah. final fantasy 13 I, I really hope that she has an actual part to play and it's not just that you kind of meet her once, you beat her, and then she disappears. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you think about it with um, Tabata as well, I mean, with Type Zero, um, there are a few characters who you kind of remember, but they were kind of just like thrown away. Like the one um, in the very beginning that you fight, who's like always laughing. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, Kunmi. Yeah, um, like she was in and out really quickly. I think there were a few characters like that. Um, yeah, like I mean, Blink it's slightly harder it. with that one, but yeah. It's true. Um, like Amina as well. You could play through the whole game and not even like interact with Amina at all. But I do hope that she has a more of a Beatrix feel. And that's what a lot of people were sort of saying to me, the, um, that she seems a bit like Beatrix. And I felt that as well. And I do hope that because Beatrix just stood out so well in Final Fantasy IX as such a strong female character and... Badass. And also the fact that she wasn't, she was a bad guy, but she wasn't. Yeah. I think that's, that was an important part in Beatrix's character because she was, she was a bad pet. She was on the bad team. She was a badass. And then she turned, she changed sides and it was like, yeah. Yeah. When she figured out what was true about everything that was going on. But yeah, no, I definitely think that she, she seems like she's going to be, she's going to be awesome. And I'm excited. All right. So. We're just going to dance over that a bit um, because we want to move on to our main topic now, which is related to pretty much exactly the same thing. It was it was suggested by Agonist Kira on Twitter, and they wanted us to discuss why we think Final Fantasy 15 will be great and why we think it might not be. <laughs> 
Um, so it kind of ties in with some of the stuff they announced during that to time report. But we also wanted to go through basically the entire cycle of uh, 15 and verses and just kind of look at different things, uh, how things have changed over time. And I guess how that makes us perceive why it may or may not do well. Obviously, we don't know if it's going to do very well at the moment. It's very yeah. difficult to say that. But we kind of just wanted to talk about different things. And uh, hopefully you guys have similar opinions um i know that some of the the topics we're going to discuss are going to be divisive <laughs> um but yeah so we're going to start off with the good actually well, yeah maybe we'll start off with the good okay <laughs> i was like should we start off with the bad and then go to the good or should we uh we yeah. can start off with the bad because i i think even our bad is not going to necessarily be that bad no um the good may not necessarily be that good either it's true um okay so our first good point is tabata yeah which i completely yeah, I love Tabata's work. I mean, you think about how much, and I don't know how much of the, I, I don't think a lot of it was the fact that it was Final Fantasy VII. I mean, granted, there was a great deal of it that was Final Fantasy VII, but with Crisis Core, he wrote a good story. He wrote a good story for Zack, and he really fleshed out the character to the point where people absolutely adore Zack, and... Um, even though they knew that he was going to die at the end, he came up with a great story to help you forget that. And then at the very end, have his death still hit you like a ton of bricks. And not just that too. I mean, Crisis Core introduced some uh, very strong characters. I mean, yeah. Genesis and Jeel fleshed out Sephiroth's story a lot. Yeah, and that was it as well, wasn't it? It was a lot for Sephiroth. Yeah, so I mean, it was, obviously, Zack was the, you you played the game through his eyes, but it it explains why Sephiroth turned, and in many ways you can end up having a lot of sympathy for Sephiroth. Um, you obviously get introduced to new characters like Hollander and Lazard, and Cisne, and Cisne as well. Yeah, so I mean, it's there are there are a lot of characters in Crisis Core that actually came out pretty well. Yeah, and if you look at his other releases as well, I mean, he was he was pretty much Square Enix's. PSP guy. Many of the Square Enix, actually, many of the the strongest PSP releases in history came from Tabata. Yeah. The only games that really did better than his games were Monster Hunter. So I mean, Crisis Core, Dissidia, the Dissidia sequel, um, Parasite Eve, mm. Type Zero, like they are very, they performed very well yeah. on the PlayStation Portable. And that's why you know he's been given this chance because he had such a good track record of yeah. just getting games done for a start and i mean the hd um the hd version aside type zero was a game that had so much hype with it when it came out so many people were upset that it wasn't coming coming over well, to the west and so many people more in japan than um 13 when it came out yeah um so many people in japan um raved about the game and said that it was taking final fantasy back to its roots um which you know, with hindsight, I mean, obviously we got it four years too late. Yeah. Um, I can. It's not the game for everyone. Uh, I don't think it necessarily played out the way that th- people thought it would. Yeah. Uh, many people, yeah, not knowing the facts, talked about many different aspects, and you can kind of see. I mean, the story. It's a piecemeal story. It's developed. I mean, when you're playing on a ha- home console, it's a, a weird because it wasn't designed for that. It was supposed to be designed to play on the PSP when you're on the train. Um, it's supposed to be broken up um, and it's supposed to be digested in small pieces. But, you know, each character still had its own personality. I mean, the ending everyone absolutely Ugh. loves. Um, and they had... I mean, you look at the, the cast of characters, there are so many smaller characters that have roles to play. Yeah. Like Amina. Yeah, you can go through. You never even speak to her. But if you do want to speak to her, she's got a story that involves, I think, three or four other characters, yeah. um, including uh, Karasame. And there's a lot of characters like that as well. And I mean, then you just have the main leads. Like, you could go through the game and and not really connect with um, the main leads either. Like, there's a lot of um, side sort of stories with each of the main leads. Like, there's a whole thing with Nine and Queen in the library with that other guy. Oh, I forget his yeah. name. Um, but there's that whole thing as well, and the scientist as well, who's studying all of the Type Zero um, characters. Um, he's doing tests on all of them. You can miss all that, but I think that's the nice thing about Tabata's um, Tabata's take is that he does 
he does writing well. He he really can. He, he's a great storyteller. Well, yeah, I mean, he takes he takes the story that's been crafted for him and makes it work. Yeah, and that's ex- pretty much what he's doing with um, fifteen. And I think the reason why we put him as a good point is that although he's kind of wavered a bit um, in maybe the last six months. He's given the product a clear direction. Mm. We know that it's going to come out this year, whereas we had 10 years of ambiguity and it yeah. just, like there was no one knew what was going on at all. Um, he's made clear decisions and we're going to find out whether or not those are good decisions or bad decisions. But, you know, he's he's fronted up. I mean, we couldn't have asked for anything more. The, the fact that when they decided to cut Stella, he basically just came out and said, look, this is my decision. I'm going to own it. And yeah. if it doesn't work out, like my my head's on the chopping block but i thoroughly believe that this is the right decision and for a director of a project even if you're just working on it but also for me as a fan i want to have that level of security i want to know that the person in charge of this project lives breathes it and he 100 percent believes that what he's doing is right to make this work if it turns out that his talents aren't very good which (laughs) there's no track record to suggest that that's the case then fair enough. Like he made a mistake, yeah. he might not like it, but at least he's not hiding behind. There's not he's not trying to hide behind anything. No, and I mean like Moogles aside, like with with regards to the whole Moogle situation, really that's that's like so small, and they probably will not be that big of a deal in the main story. I'm guessing. No, that was just. But a weird, like with Luna, with Luna, it's good that he's really stuck to his guns and just been like, no, Stella's gone. Like. This is for the best of the game. And the thing as well is that he's completely turned around some people's opinions of Luna um, as well. Because people were thinking like, oh, Luna's going to be this small character. All we saw was her sitting at a table. But now that he's sort of um, revealed more of her backstory and There's been probably more, more gifts her... made about Luna in the last six months than any other video game exactly. character. Exactly. And the fact that he's revealed more of, um, of the strong female leads as well. I mean um Arania and um oh Gentiana Gentiana um there's a lot of mysteries surrounding those women but and, uh, it just we know good. that like Leviathan's going to be a big part of the story and she's yeah. a female yeah um and like I really I really honestly I still have full confidence that Tabata regardless of anything else in the game Tabata will write a good story um he will. All right, we need to move on. But We've anyways, got a lot of points here. Yes, sorry. Um, <laughs> the next good point is Noctis, who won our character battle yeah. way back when. And I mean, Noctis is an, a, a kind of a an up and down for some people. Um, the reason that I've included him, and Laura may not agree here, this is <laughs> I put this list together. Um, the reason yeah. that I've put him on the good list is because he has the ability to be the next cloud. Mm. The potential. You yeah, know. he he. He has the platform. Like every, he's already probably most pop, one of the most popular Final Fantasy characters without even actually existing yet. Yeah, as far as we know, he could be cut like Stella. Um, <laughs> uh, and if this game comes out and it's a success, Noctis will become one of the most popular video game characters of all time. Yeah, like, there's no question in my mind that that will be the case. And Square Enix desperately need it. Lightning has been amazing for them, but they can't just keep relying on Lightning and Cloud for everything they do. They need to diversify. And having someone like Noctis, who is in a way, like he's very different to those characters. He's got a very different sense of dress, like it's completely dark, whereas Lightning is very light and Cloud differs depending on what costumes they want to put him in. I think he would be a really, really good character for them to push out and yeah i don't we don't really know too much about him as a person yet but even if that's the case i mean and they can get his voice sorted i think he has the ability to really project final fantasy back into the mainstream again in the way that lightning has yeah i can definitely see um especially with the fact that i mean his um outfit is based off of actual clothing i could see people dressing up like noctis people taking style cues from from Noctis and um, that sort of thing. He's he's just somebody who you can, who you could potentially be inspired by. But yeah, I I really do think that he is somebody who um, who people could find inspiration from, and Take depending on the story from, yeah. as well. 
Um, and you know that there's going to be so much fan fiction between him and Luna and that kind of stuff. Well, I guess it depends what the story does. I, I would imagine there's probably going to be more fan fiction between him and his bros. <laughs> and that's true too. Oh my god, yeah. The gladiolus and all that sort of stuff, they're all going to be jumping in the bed I'd say together. there's been a lot of Valentine's gifts going around at the moment. Oh yes, especially and of Gladiolus. Gladiolus is the one that's getting the most traction. <laughs> it's because he just has that hey girl. Well, hey girl, I think a lot of them are talking about the fact that he has a very large weapon. Oh, and that's true too. But he could um, be compensating for something. Exactly. You know. I think they're saying that he's not compensating though. Family show. Family show, right. Um, so our next point is actually Luna. Now, mm. as Lauren alluded to earlier, when she was announced, there was, I think, a lot of people got worried. Yeah. And there are still a percentage of the fan base who are still unsure about the decision to cut Stella and put Luna in. We obviously knew a lot more about Stella just on the basis that she'd been around for about eight years. Yeah. Um, and there were parts of her that we knew about, but we've probably learned more about Luna in the past six months than we ever learned about Stella previously. Yeah. Um, I think the way that they introduced her was bad. But I think how they've recovered from that has been very good. That trailer where they showed her just swatting the guy's gun out of the way was amazing. Boom shakalaka. And the fact that they've made her and positioned her as a very strong person in the world where, you know, maybe her territory is under the control of the Niflheim Empire, but she's still someone who's very powerful. She has a lot of authority. And um, it's going to be very interesting to see how she plays a role in the story. We don't know too much about it at this stage, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, no, I think it's good too, and um, I like that they're they're sort of using her as well as a as a beacon already. I mean, they just did a uh, tweet um, for the people in Taiwan who were suffering from the earthquake. Um, they drew a picture of of Luna as her sort of uh, light thing, and that really it really spoke to the fact that she will be this character who is just a sort of beacon of hope for people and she just seems very very strong and um yeah i I like that they haven't revealed that much and i hope that in this march event and in the upcoming campaign that they won't reveal a great deal about her but i guess we'll just have to see but it'll be interesting to see if after the game releases and maybe in the lead up that she starts to get to that level Mm. because obviously as i said noctis is is already kind of a fever pitch. Like people are so excited about Noctis. Yeah. The same isn't really there for Luna yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess depending on the role that she has in the story, she may be a character that kind of just fades. Possibly. But I don't know. I mean, you I, mentioned I, Renoa, It just seems but... like they're dealing with, they're dealing with very serious issues. I mean, abu- child abuse, um, that, that sort of thing. Not a lot of the previous female leads in Final Fantasy have dealt with that kind of, stuff um i mean tara like she had she had, she her had problems. issues she had issues but i mean for the past few i mean lightning yuna it's just kind of like you know they didn't they didn't deal with those kind of childhoods that were really bad and so it's nice all that right she has well, that. our next point is that it feels like they've got their technical mojo back yes now with uh in the olden days square square soft and square were kind of a beacon for the video games industry. They Their FMVs especially were amazing. And their in-game graphics, I mean, they weren't always at the top tier, but they were very much, what they tried to do was <laughs> yeah. push, push the lot of things. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but at the time... You're that the was... best looking guy here. And I think Final Fantasy VII was what, like the FMVs. It was one of the first games that actually had that level of detail. Yeah. Final, Final Fantasy VIII's FMVs still hold up today. Yeah. Um, and even the ones that they put in the 13 franchise still look amazing. They just, they didn't really add anything. To it. Like, I think we discussed this before. Yeah. Like, they, they were just there for the sake of being there. Yeah. Um, but I think with Final Fantasy Fifteen, it feels like they've kind of got that pomp back. Like they're just like, yeah, we know this is cool. You just saw that magic in that trailer. Yep. <laughs> uh, and and it feels as though they're really confident and comfortable with where they're at. Mm. Um, we haven't really seen too many FMVs. No, but, no, we haven't. Uh, well, not since the changeover, at least. No, but, but I mean, even just the. Just the summon with Ramu, yeah. like that whole sequence was just incredible. They they really push, and they've spent a lot of time over the last year 
showing off technical showcases, showing off how all the animations are working and spending a lot of time maybe educating people on what actually goes behind it. I mean, I've never really seen developers like actively saying, here's our AI like routines. Here's yeah. how we're making sure the behemoth doesn't headbutt the floor and go through it. Like all of these different things, they're, they're really trying to show what they're putting into this game, the level of detail that's going into it and why it's going to be a technical masterpiece. Yeah. And it's something that they've been missing over the last, like, I don't know, six, seven years. Like, they just haven't had that confidence. No one's looked at fun- the, the Final Fantasy thirteen franchise and said, this is a, a leader technically in the industry. It's ju- it just wasn't really there. Whereas thirteen, it feels like they're pushing out their... their active- Fifteen, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they've got their confidence back, which I think is really, really helpful for them. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and then also, I mean... Yeah, for the next point, uh, the music tracks. The music is just so cool. I love the piano work that um, you knew that Shimamura is going to have some piano work in there. She loves her piano. Um, and it really is gorgeous from what we've heard. I mean, the Ramu sequence, I know I always go back to it, but then the gameplay trailer, we heard some new piano tracks. Um, the, and like the main I mean, theme, the Sunness. The father's son, like Dawn. every single track has been on point in every single trailer. But I think the thing that for, about the music for me is that people have got very used to a Final Fantasy style and they've got used to a style based on the game. I mean, there was a, uh, a topic going on in one of the communities we're part of about Ten Two and how the music just seemed strange. But if you think about it, it was a completely different style of game. Yeah. Composers, 12 as well. Not my favorite soundtrack, but I can at least appreciate why it's different. 13... I mean, it, it very much changed as the franchise went on. The 13 franchise, completely yeah. different composers, composers different, completely different style. With 15, the style seems completely on point. Um, and it feels like it's going to be a very serious soundtrack, but in a good way. It's like they've, they've obviously pushed away from Uimatsu, like, you know, they, they, they had sort of a tough time when Uimatsu left. Um, I think, uh, they, they they did do very a very good job with uh fourteen I think but a lot of 14's tracks are very um sort of similar to something that you would hear from Nobu Uematsu anyway. Well, um, they incorporate I mean, some of the main themes as well. They're based off of the ones that he but did originally like, for the game. So this is like the first one that I felt it it just sounds very sophisticated in the way that Uematsu was, but at the same time it's still very much Shimamura. It has the same level of sophistication as an Uematsu soundtrack, but it's it's different. It's it's got her stamp on it, and I think that's what the series really needed. Yeah, I um, think I lost her work. Our last point in the good is that we've been missing games where the cast have depth. Yeah, I mean it. It's weird to think about. I mean, we're we're currently going through the database to port over for the new website and. <laughs> I was thinking of characters like Red 13. Their story is quite minimal. But yeah. It doesn't feel minimal. No, they really like stamped on you, didn't they? Like they just, they really like, like the, stuck the, with you. The, the whole Cosmo Canyon uh, story with his dad and Bugenhagen, like it, that, that's a strong sequence. And that's mm. pretty much the only piece of story he has in the game. Yeah. And when he tries from... to have uh, intercourse with Eris. Eris. Yeah. Well, he doesn't try to. <laughs> no, they try to force him to. Um, but like, bit weird. But in the older games, the 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 lesser characters they had personality. There was a lot more substance to them. Because like in the in the more modern games, like there's just been this tried. They've tried to concentrate the focus. And with thirteen, like the cast is actually very small. Mm. Whereas seven, I mean, you're looking at there's probably about seventy, eighty characters that are in seven, and they all have roles to play. A lot of people probably remember them. Like even some like Dine. Yeah, he's only in the game for about ten minutes. Yeah, but, but you can remember him. Yeah, and because the sequence is strong, it's emotional. And it, with th- with 15, it looks as though, I mean, the cast of characters they've got so far, I mean, it's again, it's quite concentrated. You've only got four in the main party. Um, I really hope that Cindy has a bit more of a role. Um, yeah. Obviously, they've got Sid, who's uh, going to be part of that too. Um, but with the bad guys, I hope that they actually have... A role to play yeah it's not just the fact that they're there and then they just disappear yeah there's reasons behind what they do i mean because yeah you think about like final fantasy 13 like nora um 
they were just kind of there. Yeah. They? They were, there wasn't really much of a, a story there. Like, they just kind of were, all right, they're friends with Snow. They come in to save the day to help us every once in a while. Great. They, and they each have a, a kind of uh, token character personality check mark. I mean, even Hope's like, parents as well. I mean, like, his mom, like, she died. I'm sure that was supposed to be an emotional scene, but it ends up just being an annoying scene. Yeah. Because uh, you're just like, why did you let go? And um, And his dad as well, like... It just, it didn't really didn't connect in the, in the same way. And even like Saz's son, like it just, it just doesn't, it didn't have any kind of, rea- it didn't elicit any kind of reaction from me. No. And Maybe like that emotional scene with uh, Vanille and Sarah as well, there's not anything there that I felt. Like I didn't, I just didn't feel anything when uh, Vanille is, is saying sorry to Sarah. Yeah. Um. There's not, there's nothing there. There's nothing there for me. Um, whereas, like, yeah, you think about Red 13 and Sito, like, that is a really, really strong story. Um, even in, like, sort of uh, the other Final Fantasies, like Final Fantasy IX. Irvine has, a, like, an interesting story with Galvadia. Yeah. Um, and um, a selfie with... Uh, um, Trabia. Trabia, yeah. And even, like, Adia. Adia with her whole uh, relationship with Sid and when she was and matron. Um, Final Fantasy Nine has the smaller characters as well. Final Fantasy Ten has like Belgamine and um, even Lulu's old um yep. summoner, one of the ones who died. I think Lady Ginnam. Um, like that stuck Father with you Zook. as well. Father Zook, um, Kinok as well. Chapu, like there's Luzu and Gata as well. Like there's just so many. There's so many people who you just sort of think like, wow, actually. They they did stick with me, but I can't think of anybody from thirteen. I can't like I honestly yeah, can't think, I can of think of anybody in that same thing. Nora, Sid and, Reigns, uh, but Sid Reigns is like a minor antagonist. Yeah, so it's just kind of like same with Yog as well, Jill. Yeah, but they they don't really stick with you in the same in the same way. Like you kind of remember them, but like these characters, I actually enjoyed. But even them. as you're going through the the thirteen franchise as well, there are like in thirteen too. There's lots of people that you need to solve problems for. Um, but they're all just kind of there, there. Yeah, there's no, there's no depth to them. And I think if if Tabata's history is any indication, I feel like this will be that. Yeah, type, type I mean, zero you even think about the people that people remember from episode Dusk Guy. People remember the freaking couple who are fighting, and the wife punches the husband. Like people remember that. <laughs> like that's such a small thing. But people remember that. And, and I think the the fact that they're spending a lot of time on the relationships between the four main cast members. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, that that's a positive for me. We spent a lot of time on I that. I know. So we're going to now move on to the bad. Which I guess is a good sign. The bad. <laughs> uh, uh, the bad. Right. So our first point is that there seems to be lots of indecision. Yeah. Uh, and this is something that's been getting worse and worse over the last 12 months. I mean, it started off with the airship thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, you want airships? Oh, we can try and put them in. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we're working with the Just Cause 3 developers on something that, well, okay, so we're like really close to launch here. Maybe this is something you should have thought about beforehand. Yeah. Um, the Moogle thing was just a massive... Oh, it was a massive faux pas by their marketing team and by them. Um, and it just seemed to be there were all these questions where like, you know, if we were saying Tablet has been very decisive... But there are elements where he's just shown complete indecision. Like the Moogles was probably the best example where Namura uh, said, Moogles are in. They're yeah. going to be like type zeros. Tabula said, Moogles are cut. They don't work with my un- new universe. Oh, you want them back in? All right, well, we'll put them back in then. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, whoops. It's like, well, why couldn't you put back Stella in? Yeah. Yeah, it's just weird. But yeah, it really, it, seems, it really yeah. hit, it really hit people's confidence a bit. Cause and it's just underwater like, battles as well or something like, yes. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. You, you want, you want, oh, we think about putting them in. It just seems strange the things that he was willing to compromise on. Yeah. And things that he was willing to not compromise on. Like there's probably been more backlash about Cindy than any other topic, but he was just like, nope, not changing anything. I know. Yeah. He was just like, no. Well, maybe he just has a love affair with her. Maybe he just really, really <laughs> loves Cindy so much. Um, and, and that kind of leads on to our second point, where it's, well, it just feels like there's too much pandering. Like, if people complain, then they're going to get what they want by the looks of it. Like, the Moogle stuff, I mean, we've discussed it many times. I yeah. Mean, yeah, we can understand why people want Moogles in the game, but they weren't in many games. 
And I don't remember anyone complaining about the fact there's no Moogles in Final Fantasy 13 at all. No. Because they didn't announce that they weren't going to be in there. And they just Final said Fantasy they 10. didn't say anything. And it's just like, you know, Moogles have become pretty much a cameo. Um, the only game in the last... 13-2. Yeah, 13-2. In the last 10 years, 13-2. And Type-0. Um, but those were... Uh, well, Final Fantasy Type-0 was like a tribute game to the series, so of course they're going to be in it. But like... Um, other than that, they've just been pure cameo, and it's been fine, and nobody's complained about it, but the second, oh, it's just, yeah. And they're in 14 as well. If you want your Moogles, you got your Moogles. But, like, that's a thing. It's just, like, it shouldn't it shouldn't rely on us, and I'm not meaning that in a, in a mean sense. I'm just meaning it in that this is their vision. People don't ask us what we want in movies. Nobody asks us what we want in Deadpool. Nobody asks us what we wanted in Star Wars. They just did what they wanted to do, and they stuck with it. Nobody asked us, and that's the way it should be. It's like, they're the ones. We have to trust them. We have to put our faith in them that they will deliver a game that we yeah, want. It's not our want. game. It's, it's not our game. game at all. Like, it's not ours, and it shouldn't rely on us, because otherwise... It's... Let's make a crowdsourced game. Exactly. <laughs> otherwise, it's the just like... The next Final Fantasy game is going to be based around a decision of polls. Yeah, um, they ask because questions. And it does that. make me laugh when people are just like, "Oh, you guys should make a game that's a tribute to Final Fantasy." Um, go play Final Fantasy Nine and go play Final Fantasy Fourteen. You have enough tributes there. But either way, uh, the next one is uh, the confidence seems strange, which I guess we kind of already sort of covered because yeah, he's he's very adamant about certain things, but not about others. <laughs> and then yeah, the fact that he's listening to fans yeah i mean it's it, like sometimes right. he seems like super confident about what he's talking about but other times like when you're watching the actual time reports he's just like oh yeah well, i think a fuji-san know. kind of puts him in in yeah. sort of awkward situations anyway i love Fuji-san. <laughs> he's just so silly i love him so much all right so the next point is that is could potentially be a bad thing um the development time has been very long even yeah. since the switch over to 15 yeah and i mean it's nothing it's nothing that's sort of tabata's fault but it's just the same it's the same problem with Doom 3 and it's the same problem with Duke um, Nukem. Oh sorry, Duke Nukem, sorry, sorry, sorry. Duke Nukem. It's just I don't really know that much about that series. Uh, <laughs> so it's the same thing with that and it's the same thing with um uh like StarCraft series as well. Um and a lot of the times companies after like a decade of a game being in development hell, they give up on that game. But this one they're actually they need to release it now. Like they need to, they've committed, they need to release it. And because it's been development so long, a lot of people ignore the fact that they said that, uh, well, 15's development starts like a few years ago and they just focus on the fact that it's been in development for a decade. So that's that's one mark against yeah, and them. It's going to be that thing where based on the fact that it's been in development for so long, people are going to have expectations. Exactly. Um, and it's probably people already what, do. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be a difficult thing for them to try and overcome. Yeah. Um, um, the next point is that the gameplay, as I alluded to when we were talking about the news, could be a mess. Yeah. Like, we don't really know. Episode Duske was, was decent, um, but the the combat's evolved quite a lot since then. And while they showed off, like, a really wonderful demo in the trailer, until we actually get our hands on it, we don't know how it's going to play out. No. As I said, it, it looked like everything had been very well set up. It's kind of like when you're watching the gameplay trailers that Ubisoft do for, like, Division or Rainbow Six Siege. They make everything work perfectly. <laughs> Everyone's working in complete unison. And yeah. oh, it's amazing. But then when it actually turns down to you playing it yourself, it doesn't really work out that way. No. So I, yeah, I'm going to hold my breath on the gameplay. I want to see more about it. Ideally, I want to play it by myself and um, see how it turns out. But yeah, I mean, I've got some question marks about the gameplay still. Mm. Uh, and that moves on to the next point, which is about the stealth. I get why they want to put them in there, like, but I mean, they put yeah. it in Lightning Returns, and it just they I made a big stealth. thing about the stealth gameplay in Lightning Returns, and it was terrible. I hate stealth. I I even I hated stealth in freaking Final Fantasy VII, like when you're going through the Shinra Tower. I just hate stealth missions because I'm one of those people who likes to go in gun blazing, and I always get my ass handed to me when I do that, so I'm forced to stealth. <laughs> <laughs> but I just hate being put in that situation. But Granted, they did say there's only several bases that you have to they have to stealth through, or you can go guns blazing. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm not too I'm not too fussed about it. And then um, the last point is, of course, Stella. And if Yuna or pff, Yuna, 
Luna. <laughs> Luna. If Luna doesn't live up to the same expectation as as Stella had, then they they can be yeah, looking at Lu- some if trouble. If Luna's character is weak, uh, then everyone's going to point back to the fact that there was a terrible decision. Yeah, uh, and that Stella, unless unless Final Fantasy fifteen turns out to be an amazing game, the shadow of Stella is always going to be there. <laughs> the shadow of Stella is always watching. Yeah, it's 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 going to hang over it. Yeah, it will. It's going to sh- be that and Moogles. I mean, it could be it could be one of those things where people will look back to that decision and um, blame it. Yeah, what like people in anything? There's when when something goes wrong, they always want to look back to where it went wrong. Yeah, and if the if the story of Final Fantasy 15 doesn't turn out to be very good, Luna's character is weak. Um, then they're going to look back to that point and just say. Tabitha made a really bad decision cutting Stella. Yeah. And there's no way that they can get away from that anymore. No, no, unfortunately not. I mean, granted, I think it's a very small chance that that's going to happen, but that's just me. I I love Tabitha's work as far as story goes, and I just feel like he has a good base, so... So yeah, that's our that's our good and bad. Um, <laughs> and on a very down note, feel, but... <laughs> feel free to uh, discuss uh, what you think is uh, reasons why it, it could succeed and fail in the comments, and, and let us know if you agree with ours. Hopefully, you you do, and we've made some sense to everyone. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to move on to our questions now. We've got two questions here. If you want to ask us questions, either fire them to us on Twitter or Facebook, or email us at podcast at com. First question is from Mark Santana on Facebook. He wants to know, which are your favorite character designs? Ooh, uh, I really love the designs of 10, actually. Um, I remember when they were, um, I I looked up somewhere uh, when Nomura was initially going through the game. Uh, they were very much adamant about there being a lot of colors. And if you look at the cast, there is just so much, so much of a color sort of array that it's just very nice and um just a lot of the designs i just love i love yuna's um summoner outfit and how it sort of pays uh plays homage to like a kimono lulu's i mean the big boobs i love it i love it so much i love the um i love the fur i love the belts and they're just all a lot sort of personality of didn't they yeah so i really i really do enjoy um, the cast of Final Fantasy Tense. I even love Titus's outfit. I think that it's awesome. I think that it's so cool and a brat to probably cosplay because there's just so many bits that you have to do. But um, and Oren, just that whole cast, I just loved. I thought that it was a really well, a really well designed cast of characters. Um, so that's my answer. I think like Final Fantasy Eight's are pretty good as well because they're they are based on typical outfits but enhanced <laughs> enhanced i mean i could still find squall's jacket everywhere yeah like they there wasn't anything massively unique about the characters but they all still stand out like everyone knows squall's outfit everyone yep. knows renoa's outfit Irvine. everyone knows ivan sifa like they and Quistus as well like yeah they, they're so simple aren't they they're simple designs but they are very unique yeah yeah no i think they're that's a good point and I mean, like, Final Fantasy VII as well has very sort of Tifa. distinct ones. Tifa's design is extremely simplistic. Yeah, a mini skirt and a tank, um, top. tank top. It's like even like a sports bra. It's not even Barrett a tank as well, top. it's just combats and a, and a, and a vest, right? <laughs> but then um, but then that's that's mostly Nomura focus, isn't it? Um, I do I do like some of the character designs in Final Fantasy XII. I love the Fran, um, the Fran look and Balthier. Um, there's so much detailing in those uh, costumes that is really, really intricate and lovely. Um, and then, like Final Fantasy IX as well, has really cute designs. Although I don't know anybody who could really fully pull off the yellow spandex quite as well as Garnet does. That's a very hard look. Um, <laughs> it kind of shows off every nook and cranny. Um, and then Final Fantasy VI as well has great designs by Amano. I mean. You know, you think about Terra and Kefka. They have very, Kefka very powerful. Is... Kefka is probably the well-dressed, the most well-dressed villain of any of them. He's just fabulous. Isn't That's he? where you talk about color. Yep, yep. He is. He is an explosion of color. But um, but yeah, I really, I really do enjoy those. But if I had to say which one was my favorite, I would say ten definitely. Um, so this next question is from Sora ninety six, and <laughs> he asks. 
when are you going to play Revenant Wings? Actually, we had a conversation about this last we, night. Didn't we did we? actually have a conversation about this last night, and um, I I'm gonna try and I think I'm gonna try and play it. Uh, <gasps> I wanna. My problem at the moment is my headphones just broke. It's um, very depressing. I was I really want to finish Final Fantasy One again on the iPhone before I. Pro- progress onto anything else but once that is done and i actually pick up some new headphones which i don't know when that's going to be revenant wings i think is going to be my next my next experience Mm, yes yeah that would be good yeah and then yeah people can stop asking you i don't know too many people (laughs) have even played like how many people actually own revenant wings i don't know and not just that own it and have played it (laughs) yeah it's true it has been setting up on our shelf for a little while but yeah, um, yeah. If you've got any questions for us to ask, then throw them at us, and we'll hopefully get them on the show. Uh, if not, we'll try and make it into a discussion topic like we did today. <laughs> Our music this episode is from a new album that was just released called Successor by the Material Collective. It's a tribute album for Final Fantasy VIII. I think it's six discs. It's quite intensive. Yes, very. Um, but there again, there's a lot of really there good is music. a lot of music, um, and this is a track. Uh, it's an arrangement of Breezy by Stephen Frobear. I presume that's. It's pronounced correctly if it's not i apologize um so yeah the next episode of final fantasy union is going to come out on the 1st of march feel free to subscribe to us on itunes to search for final fantasy with a number one show or you can go on youtube which is forward slash ff union this is going to be a long episode on there yeah (laughs) (laughs) and of course you can catch every episode on finalfantasyunion.com and if you want to support the show please feel free to head over to patreon for patreon.com forward slash ffkhunion so that's it, Lawrence. Yay! Goodbye, guys. Bye, everyone. Uh, this is Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production. <laughs>